the Shife Sports Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Shite Sports Talk Show. I am your host, Matthew Shife, joined always by my co-host and producer, Uncle Polly. How you doing? How you doing, Polly? How's Adrian doing? Uh, she's all right. All right. How's, how's your boxing match against Mr. Tigo? <laughs> now I'm getting ready to, to make another movie here, so I'm getting fit. Uh, joined studio by my father, David the Coach Shipe. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. All right. And always by Viva Skype, Mr. Bradley Lefty Cameron. Hello, everyone. Shipe, thanks for having me on the show again. That's your new nickname, Lefty. Lefty, okay. Move over, Phil. <laughs> I'm the real lefty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so today on the show, we're going to go over the NCAA tournament. We're going to review, you know, what happened the first two, uh, four days. Some really big up, you know, a couple of good upsets today. Got a couple of surprise teams in the Elite Eight. Uh, then we're going to switch over to um, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. Talk about those. Then we're going to switch over to some baseball. Uh, the season's 11 days away. The Ryan's in number 11 days. Uh, we're going to talk some injuries with the Nationals. They're having some early injuries. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about Matt Scherzer being named the starter and also go over some other injuries around the league. You know, the t- some top pitchers are going to be out for, uh, you know, the whole year. Maybe some of the next year's going to go over that. Uh, but first, before we get in the NCAA tournament, I want to talk about the Wizards. Uh, I know Brad's the big Wizards fans, just like me. And last night was, I think, the lowest point that you can get on the season. Uh, we're taught some. Once again, Paul has been drinking. <laughs> no, I, I hit mute on it. I don't know why. I didn't. <laughs> All right, anyway. All right, so here we go. Streams Last working. night, Whitman left the bench before the game was over. I mean, how can you expect to be a coach and leave the bench? First of all, Brad, how much are they paying Martin Cortot? Can you can you enlighten me on that? They gave I, him- I, I'm not sure exactly what his contract is, but He's, I know it's several million. They, he got a good deal, didn't he? Double figures probably? I think it's 11, yeah. Why is he not in the lineup? Why is he not on the floor when it matters the most? Why are you keeping him on the bench? And why are you allowing... Hill to run right past Martel Webster. Webster can't play defense that good. These guys don't know how to switch off when someone goes around. I mean, last night was horrible. The coach left, and you know, they went from they were 19 at six at one point. Can you, if I told you today the Wizards were 19 at six begin the season, would you believe me, Brad? The way they've been playing? Well, not the way they've been playing, but you know, we've seen what they're capable of when they, you know, when they play at, at their best, which is something, you know, something like 19 and six. And it's a team that can advance in the playoffs like they did, even though it was against a depleted Chicago team last year, they're a team that can still win playoff series, you know, and, and, and make some kind of decent run at, uh, you know, at, at, at winning championships. Well, let's just hope they turn around. Beald got hurt again. Once again, his ankle, that looked pretty bad. I mean, he was able to walk off, but, they better change this around or Whitman may be looking for a new job at the end of the year. And, um, man, I'm just throwing some names. John Calipari wants to go back to the NBA, but I honestly, in my opinion, I've seen that a lot and you know what? He's just knows how to recruit. I don't think you know, he's a good coach, but his product of Kentucky has come from recruiting and with the top of Kentucky, let's go right in the NCAA and let's talk about, uh, Kentucky against West Virginia. That happens tonight at nine 45, uh, West Virginia, you know, they came out and, Today, I believe in that past couple of days, I'm told Kentucky, be afraid of us. And when you uh, shake in the beast cage, the beast is going to get angry and they're going to come after you. I'm sorry. Kentucky's not Maryland. And if you bite them hard enough, they're going to come after you 10 times worse. And you're not going to play this little play around game where you're going to try to push around their best player and try to knock them out. Because Kentucky has several big guys who will push back. Uh, West Virginia, I don't think will be in this game at all. And I think they'll lose by double digits. Uh, Brad, what's your thoughts on the game tonight? 
yeah, you look at a team like West Virginia. They're a very poor shooting team. They're very inefficient offensively. You know, a lot of their offense, they rely on offensive rebounds off misses. Uh, and I just don't see them being able to create opportunities like that against a team as long as Kentucky. So, you know, I, I'll give West Virginia credit. I'll say they hang for, you know, for for a little bit in the first half. I don't think they'll be blown out double digits uh, in the first half. But come the second half, you know, I, I think those missed shots are going to turn into uh, transition buckets, slam dunks, alley-oops. For Kentucky, uh, you know, you saw Maryland break their press well, and they were getting good looks. They were getting alley oops. They were getting three point buckets out of there, uh, out of the the pressure that that West Virginia brings in the full court press, uh, and look for Kentucky to do the same. So, I, you know, I, I don't have West Virginia win this game by any by any means, uh, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt throughout the first half and say they remain remotely competitive. All right, um, Coach, what are your thoughts on that? I agree with both of you. I, I think West Virginia made a mistake there. They, you know, should, hey, keep it quiet, keep it simple. You want to bring somebody out, and they, they're a good team anyway. Now you'll make them even a better team. And don't, don't, pardon the expression, don't piss them off. And I think that's what West Virginia has done. You know, they, like you say, they may hang with a little bit, but once Kentucky Big men start throwing them around. It's it's good. It's going to be Kentucky. All right. So I guess I guess we're enormously all picking Kentucky to go to the Elite Eight. I mean, I don't think many people are picking West Virginia unless you're a bet man trying to pick. I was going to say you're going to some points to, to right, take West Virginia. Spread. Uh, the next game in that region, which you're going to start in about six minutes, is Notre Dame versus Wichita State. Wichita State pulled off the upset over Kansas, which was very impressive. Uh, I mean, they just. They took Kansas to school. I mean, they shot well. They shot the three well. And we'll see if they continue against Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been shooting well. So we'll, uh, this could be a high-scoring game. I hope it is. I love seeing high-scoring games, especially in college basketball. Um, I have Wichita State pulling off the upset and getting back to the Elite Eight. Again, I think they're going to do it. I mean, Brad, what are your thoughts on this game? Wow, this is a tough one because both teams are extremely well-coached. You know, they have very, very high IQ basketball players. Uh, on, on both sides of the ball, you know, and and I heard you say upset, you know, Wichita State upset Kansas. I don't know if that's necessarily that much of an upset. You know, I think Wichita State has been the better team in Kansas the past couple of years. You know, Wichita State has has really elevated their game, you know, ma- made a couple of nice runs in the tournament. You know, last year they ran to a really good Kentucky team and they gave them everything you know, everything that they could possibly ask for in a losing effort, but, uh, but really battle with Kentucky, but this Notre Dame team is, is really good. And, 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 you know, both are smaller sized squads. So you're going to see a lot of really fun, fast paced guard, guard play. Yeah. I have Notre Dame winning this game, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Wichita state pulled off this, this so-called upset, if Wichita state won this today. That wouldn't surprise me in the least, but I have Notre Dame still winning this one. I think they just have too much, too much talent, uh, and I think they take this one. Coach, I'm, I I like Wichita in this one. Uh, I, I think they they proved came back against Kansas, come back you know against a team. Kansas is a good team. Didn't, didn't take that away from them, but you you've got a little bit of momentum. You you beat your in state rival. Now you go up against another. Like Brad said, good team in Notre Dame. You, you keep your momentum going. It might be maybe the best game of tonight to watch out of all of them. So I, I think Wichita may just, you know, 
Some people say, I think they may surprise Notre Dame. Give them a run for their money. I bet the different on that best game. I think the best game is actually going to be North Carolina-Wisconsin. I think that could turn out to be a very good game. And I actually have North Carolina pulling it out. Roy Williams, like we said, he knows how to win in big game situations. That team is hungry. They're, they've done good so far in this tournament. And I believe they're going to pull off the upset. And I mean, I have them pulling off the upset in my bracket. So I think North Carolina was, was going to beat uh, Wisconsin. If you can stop their, uh, their number one man, then you have a chance of beating um, Wisconsin. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, let's see, man. Wow. Yeah. We're getting down to some really, really good matchups and, uh, you know, some toss ups that, that Wichita state Notre Dame is going to kind of be a toss up. That's going to be a great game, but also this North Carolina, Wisconsin game is, man, it, it's almost a toss up. You know, there's so much talent uh, on both teams. You know, they've played at a high level against some of the top talent in the nation already. I'm just trying to think. You know, Wisconsin is a is a big team, uh, but I love North Carolina's energy and 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 I love the way they attack the the offensive glass and and use their athleticism to create buckets. In that sense, but I think with Kennedy Meeks being either out or with him being not a hundred percent, I'm gonna give a little bit of a paint advantage to Wisconsin, and and I'm gonna give this game to Wisconsin because neither of those teams are that amazing. From behind the arc, uh, but uh, but both teams are very very efficient in the paint. You know you have you know player of the year Frank Kaminsky. Uh, you know uh, up for player of the year he is is great when he gets the ball down low near the bucket. Uh, but North Carolina also can finish in traffic. But I I think Wisconsin is just gonna have a little bit of that advantage with no, one of North Carolina's big men being uh, not a hundred percent or may not even be playing tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna out of both. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin in a late win. It's going to be a good game throughout, but I think Wisconsin will pull it out at the end. That that's just that's what that's mine. Uh, the last game of that bracket we have Arizona um, versus Xavier, and I'm sorry, I think it's going to. Be, it's not, I'm not going to really pay much attention to this game. I think Arizona's going to wipe the floor of Xavier, in my opinion. I think it's not even going to be close. Arizona's just been rolling through this tournament, and I think they're going to roll all the way. We good. What was that? Yeah, I think it might be. I th- think it might be. Was Brad moving his uh, mic around? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Where you go, Brad? I don't know what oh. it was. What'd you do? <laughs> it's all right. Just keep going. Where'd you go, David Spade? <laughs> oh, Richard. I don't know. I don't um, know what it was. It was something, some some feedback or something. I don't know. Hey, we're not a professional studio, people. All right, calm down. <laughs> all right we're going back to arizona i think they're going to keep on steve rolling all the way to the final four i mean i just think they're shooting lights out they're playing great defense and i you know xavier you know you had a good run but you just ran to the wrong team at the wrong time brad your thoughts on this game no you're absolutely correct arizona's firing on all cylinders right now and this game is being played out in la they're gonna pretty much have a little bit of a home crowd there against xavier uh xavier doesn't have a chance tonight i, I think arizona steamrolls them uh they're playing at a high level uh, yep, I got Arizona all the way. Hey, you got Arizona. Got to go with Arizona. Now we'll move over to the other side of the bracket where we have uh, one big upset playing this tonight, or tomorrow, excuse me, as North Carolina State will be going against Louisville. Brad's picked. Let's look at it better and better with Virginia and Villanova both knocked out of the tournament. Like I said, Michigan State beat Virginia. You got to watch out for Tom Izzo. During March, and he is steamrolling right now with his team. I and mean, they lost to Wisconsin, the Big Ten, but he rolls in March Madness. And Virginia, you know, they just they found the roadblock. So I think that 
bracket will obviously produce someone who wasn't supposed to be there. It seems like it with Villanova and Virginia both gone. But we saw with Virginia that once they lost Anderson, that was pretty much it for him. And Brad even discussed with me that they probably brought him back too soon. Hopefully he comes back again next year and gives Arizona, excuse me, Virginia another run in the tournament. But uh, I think Louisville is going to keep on rolling. They're going to beat NC State. And I think at the bottom, I think Michigan State's going to beat Oklahoma. And Michigan State's going to be to be a very interesting uh, Elite Eight matchup. Brad, what are your thoughts on these two games? Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, one, one thing that was very interesting about this th- this bracket when I looked at it is that I, I, I honestly did think it was a toss-up. You know, you look at, at teams like Villanova who are very good teams, but uh, just like Virginia, you know, just slipped up. You know, I just felt like they, they weren't solid enough to really feel like like I should pick them uh, and, and look what happened to both those teams knocked out great games by NC State and by Michigan State of course Izzo there he is uh, every year finds a way to motivate his players gets the best out of them at the biggest moments uh, so congratulations again to uh, to that university and to, to Tom Izzo for that but uh, I, I think Louisville is going to take down NC State I, I, I really I really think Louisville just has enough talent to to slow NC State's, uh, you know, momentum that they have right now. I think Louisville will do enough on both ends uh, t- to kind of end this 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 dream that NC State has going. So I'm going to take Louisville. Like I said, I, I did pick them to come out of this bracket, uh, and I think they're they're the better team there against NC State. Even though I, NC State is playing great ball right now, uh, but I, I just think it it comes to an end tonight. Well, I. You know, I, I think I look at this and look at this. I I like NC State, and I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, you, you like to see a little Cinderella, and and they, they've they've gotten there. They you know they've won their first two rounds, and nobody expected them to get past round one. So I I think NC State has a little bit of momentum. They're going to give Louisville a run. I'm going to go way out and say NC State. To win that one, sorry, Brad. I know you like. No, it's, it's it's okay. I hope for my bracket at work, Louisville loses. A lot of people picked Louisville in the final four, so Brad, I'm sorry. I hope they lose. Well, thank I you. Need both to lose. Both I need to lose. I need some money, man. <laughs> I I appreciate that from both of you. I just nah. mean my my bracket on that side is all xed out, so I'm just have to put new teams <laughs> in, and you know. Now on the bottom half of that bracket, you know we got Duke, Utah, we got Gonzaga down the bottom. I really. I'm hoping that Duke and Gonzaga play each other. I think that would be the game. I actually think that'd be the game of the tournament, Duke versus Gonzaga. Both high-scoring offenses, really good defenses. I mean, besides the national championship game, that could probably be the best game of the tournament. And I think Duke is going to continue rolling through that whole bracket. And I think finally, uh, Coach K will finally get back to the Final Four where he belongs, where he's been so many times. And I think this Duke team is going to ride Okafor. And if he plays good, they're going to ride on his back all the way to the Final Four and hopefully the national championship. So, um... Brad, what are your thoughts on that lower bracket? Uh, definitely, definitely Duke over over Utah. I, I really like what Utah has done this year, and and they've put together a great season. But I just, yeah, I think they're going up against a a force that that they really just can't can't match up with. You know, um, I don't think Utah has any kind of answer for uh, for Okafor in the paint. You know, I just think Duke is going to dominate kind of like they did against SD, SDSU. You know, just just take advantage in the paint, uh, you know, kind of just bully them a little bit, use the size advantage that they have. Uh, and, and I think Duke wins this one. I like I like Duke 
down there also, and I also like Gonzaga. But you know, uh, I, uh, Gonzaga should beat UCLA, but don't don't throw UCLA to the side. They they're proven to a lot of people, and it was said earlier that they don't belong. Well, they're proven that they do belong, but I think Gonzaga just be a little bit more than what they can filter through. So I look for a Gonzaga Duke matchup in the Elite Eight. This is a trap game for Gonzaga. UCLA is going to win that game. I can't remember what sister was, either Emily or Ashley. Or as Ashley said, UCLA in the chat room last week. Now they're looking like geniuses. Uh, you know, I, I just think, I, I think Gonzaga was mentally prepared for, uh, I guess, a, a, a seeded, better challenge. But this UCLA's team is very tough, and they're playing great. So, so I know they're an 11 seed, but man, they're playing just as good as about anyone else in this tournament. Uh, so this is, this is a big time trap game for the Zags and I could see UCLA winning this game. Well, right now, um, Notre Dame's up 11 to four with 16 minutes to play. So early, early game tells Notre Dame is winning 11 to four, Wichita State. Um, so real quick out of the 16 teams that are left, let's go ahead and give another final four and who we think is going to be there. I mean, we've already gave ours last week. You know, some of ours are still the same. Some of ours are different with teams that lost. I lost Virginia. Um, that's the only Final Four team I lost. I'm still going to go with Duke, Arizona, and Kentucky. Um, to replace Virginia, I'm actually going to go with Michigan State now. So, um, Brad, if you lost any teams, have you had your whole Final Four still there, right? Well, try. I'm having I'm having trouble hearing you guys. I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly what's what's going on, but I'm I'm hearing you really faded. How about now? It's still about the same. I, it, I can, I can, I can barely hear you. Did it sound uh, okay when we first started? I didn't hear that, Paul. What'd you say? I said, did we start? Did it sound okay when we first started? Uh oh. No, didn't get it. <laughs> ask, ask David first, and 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 hopefully it'll it'll come right. back. Um, with your final four teams, uh, who you don't have left from the ones we did last week, uh, if you had to change them, who would it be? The teams that are out, where are you, you going to change them to now? Well, the final four, the only one I have to change is I had Villanova there. I'm going to throw in Michigan State and Villanova's place. Michigan State? I still have Gonzaga, Arizona, and Kentucky there. Final four. You're nodding your head. Does that mean you can hear now? I can hear now. All my four are still alive. Well, congratulations, Brad. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Real quick, before we take a break and move on to our next segment, I want to say so far in the Shipe Sports Talk NCAA Tournament Challenge, we have a tie to the top of the leaderboard. Our co-host, Guillermo, is tied with my fiance, Francis. So congratulations, baby. Keep it going. Watch it. She's going to be on the show pretty soon if she keeps this up. Uh, she, she was, right now, she's tied with uh, Guillermo. And in second place, we have a you know, big... Four-way tie for second. Uh, Guillermo's brother, uh, Nelson. Uh, Anderson's awesome bracket. Uh, Spartan faithful, who is Sean. And Kentucky wins, who is Stan. So still a lot of people still in contention. I'm out of it. I already know I'm out of it. I'm in 22nd place. I don't plan on winning anymore. So congratulations. You all beat the host of the show. <laughs> Didn't take much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to hear about a house from my fiance who's whooping my ass in it. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back momentarily on the other side of the break. We will be talking some baseball talk 11 days away. So please stay with us. 
Hey, this is Paul from the Shipe Sports Talk podcast. Just wanted to let you know how you can listen to our podcast while you're on the go using an app called Stitcher. You can listen anytime, anywhere using the award-winning free Stitcher app. Best part is, when you stream our podcast or any of the other 20,000 available out there, there's no downloading, no syncing, or no wasted memory. It's on demand and on the go. So if you don't already have the Stitcher app on your iPhone, Android phone, or tablet, download it free today at Stitcher.com or from your app store. Add us to your favorites list, and every week when we put out our new episode, Stitcher will automatically update and have the latest episode of the Shipe Sports Talk podcast waiting for you. While you're there, it really helps us get our podcast noticed if you give us a nice review, rating, and thumbs up. We'll greatly appreciate it. Have a comment or question? Easy. Go to shipesportstalk.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and there you'll be able to submit your questions or comments. We love hearing from you, so we'll be sure to thank you live on the air. You'll also find on shipesportstalk.com the latest episodes, show notes, and other ways to find us on platforms like iTunes and YouTube. Now, back to the show. Remember yeah. what happened? Welcome back to Shite Sports Talk Show. Has everyone just listened? If you're a big Nationals fan, obviously you know what that call was. That was Jason's work. 3 2 pitch. We'll hear it again. We'll hear it again. I love the Nationals. That never gets old. No, it doesn't. What did you say, Brent? It's not coming through. Oh, you might not. I'm not sure why you can't hear it, but it might not. Uh, you might not be able to hear it. But, but I think everybody else. <laughs> it's basically <Okay>. the call. <laughs> that was a call, Brad. of the three-two pitch that just yes, went okay. over like, over the bullpen. That was amazing. Sent the game to Game Five. Of course, national finals. But with that, we're getting some baseball talk. We're 11 days away. I'm excited. Brad's excited. My dad's ready to go. We're all Brad. Even Paul's ready to go. I am. We're all ready to go. It's been far too long. Football season's you know almost feels like a Super Bowl. And feels like a million years away so far. So we're ready. Um, we're gonna talk some Nationals. And the first thing I want to discuss is Matt Scherzer. Uh, late last week was named opening day starter. Uh, you know there's a big competition between Scherzer, Zimmerman, Strasburg. Who would be the opening day uh, starter? Everyone thought you know maybe Strasburg. He's been there twice but Scherzer's also been an opening you know he actually I believe Scherzer's never been an opening day starter I think it's been Verlander up in Detroit so this will actually be Scherzer's first year as an opening day starter and he deserves it you know you're paying the guy 210 million dollars you're not paying 200 million ten dollars for someone to be a second or third string pitcher you're paying him 210 million to be your anchor of your rotation and the way he's been pitching this Spring training has just been ridiculous. Yesterday, he went six innings, nine strikeouts, only three hits, no runs. I mean, this guy is just, his ERA is below 1.2, I think, in spring training. And those, and you're only, I mean, you know you're only pitching, you know, you start off one inning, you gradually get up to six innings, and, you know, the last one you may go seven or eight. But, I mean, he's bringing it, and, you know, this team is looking more dangerous and dangerous as we go along, and I think he deserves the opening start. I mean, nothing against Strasburg, nothing against Zimmerman, but this guy has been paid $210 million to lead your team into the postseason. 
and to get us to that next level. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts about Scherzer being the number one pitcher in uh, D.C.? Hold on, Brad. 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 Starter. Money. So, so, yeah, of course, you're going to be our opening day starter. But he also has earned it. You know, you, you look at what he did you know, last year and what he's done so far in spring training. You know, we, we pulled him on to, to kind of be, be our bum gardener, uh, you know, to be our, our, our Kershaw. So, so, so yeah, you know, he, he's going to be our opening day guy and, and he's kind of going to be our stud. Now I know we have a great rotation with, with a lot of other guys too. Uh, but we're, we're paying him the big bucks. So he's going to get the, the opening nod. It makes sense. I like it. Um, coach, what are your thoughts well, on Scherzer? I, I think it's, it's a good choice for Scherzer to be an opening day starter. But then as you were talking earlier, you know, some injuries and, and, you have to look at Strasburg, pull, pull, hurt, hurt his ankle, pull it. So really, Scherzer's a starter. Okay, good pick. That gives Strasburg a little bit more time to rest. Now, he's not pressing to be the opening day starter. He can relax. They can take care of the ankle, get it done, then you go for your second or third if he's a second or third man. But if Scherzer, the way he's pitched this, this spring, I mean, that's what coaches look at. Who's deserving to be my number one starter? Well, here's the best outing right here. So let's go. You just pitched the other night. I think he'll get one more round possibly, and that'll be his final tune-up, and then his next start will be opening day. So it's it's a schedule. It's it's a, the way it goes. It's good choice. Uh, quick update. Wichita State is down 5-15 to 15 with 15 minutes left. So Wichita State is not starting out as strong as they did against Kansas. We'll see what happens. Game goes on. You Wichita State boys. <laughs> now it's twenty to seven. Quick up. It's early, wow. shape. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just giving the fans, you know, some updates. <laughs> Even that, though the people who are listening to this tomorrow are going to be like, "Is the game playing right now?" It, They're going to listen to it at nine in the morning and be like, "All right, let me switch to CBS real quick." Is that a towel you have on your chair already, ready to throw in the towel for Wichita State? Come on now. This? No, this is my, <laughs> my uh, post. It's my Natitude postseason sweatshirt. Uh, let's go over the injuries. Uh, we got Rendon, who's not. Doubtful for opening day. We got Span, who's supposed to be out for the first month of the season. We got Worth, who's supposed to come back around the second series. Um, are these going to affect the Nationals? I mean, I really don't really see it affecting them that much. I mean, Span, yeah, you're going to lose your center fielder for a month, but you have Michael Taylor and you have Tyler Moore. Now, what I like, what I think they should do is I think for the first month, they should move Harper to center, play Moore and left, and pl- have Worth play right to begin the season. To Moore, has been killing the ball in spring. I mean, they've already thought about, you know, maybe looking at some trade value for him the way he's been hitting the ball. I wouldn't get rid of him because Moore can also play first base and you have that injury concern with Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, the past couple of years he has been healthy. And if you trade Moore, who plays first if he goes out? That way you have Moore ready to go off the bench. Hey, Moore, Zim's going to be on the DL. We need, you to, we need you to step in the first base. So I think they should keep Tyler Moore. He's a good insurance player. He can play with someone's hurt. Uh, hopefully Worth comes back. So like I said, if Worth is out to begin the season... You're, you're probably going to go with Harper, Taylor, Moore, and then hopefully Rendon. I mean, he's doubtful. Hopefully he comes back. But then you'll have Francis start at third base. So this roster that we were hoping to see beginning of the season is not even going to be there. So it's already the injury bug is already hurting us. But thankfully, it's the beginning of the year, and it's not the end of the year. So, uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on the early injury? And should there be any concern? Or you know, are we glad that it's getting over with now and not later? 
Well, yeah, you, you, you know, you never want to see uh, your team injured. You know, you, you always want them playing at the highest level and a hundred percent. But if, if if there is a time that that it's better for them to to be out, I, I guess sure it would be the beginning of the season versus crunch time. Uh, you know, and, and in the playoffs, uh, you know, but, but I, you know, I don't want to see any of these guys out. Uh, it it kind of stinks in terms of, we won't get the full effect of the nationals until, you know, until we get, get about a month in uh, of our season. But I would say most eyes are going to be on our pitching anyway, just because we have so many talented pitchers. I, I think a lot of people are just going to be watching to see what our pitchers do and, and may not even be concerned with our wins and losses. I think they just want to see the performances uh, of the pitchers that we have. So, so I, you know, I know Rendon's a little nicked up worth and also span, but uh, you know, I think we'll still be able to win games. Uh, So I'm not too concerned about it in terms of our, our, our win loss column. It just, you know, we're gonna have to wait about a month until we really see what this roster has to offer. Well, the good thing for Rendon is they had the second MRI and they didn't find any structural damage. So that's the, that's the big win for the Nationals. So I mean, we'll probably just lose him for the first for the first series against the Mets. And thankfully, we're playing against the Mets team where they they lost Zach Wheeler for the year, and that's a big loss. I mean, they were looking to have a good young rotation, and Wheeler's gone, and we're gonna get into those injuries later on. Um, Coach, what are your thoughts on the injuries for the Nationals, and should they be worried at all throughout the season with this uh, injury bug? I don't think I don't think they should be you know too worried about it. Uh, like you guys have said, the the injuries are early. The thing that they have to make sure is that the these young players that they have, Tyler Moore, I believe he'll play left. Uh, the other gentleman in center, you, you want to keep Harper in right. He's going to be your right fielder for the whole year. So if you like, if you start switching them around, now that creates a little, which you have non-continuity, okay? Harper's your right fielder. You said that all, all off season, okay? And you have France in the third. If they just keep keep them in the games and they got strong pitching, you get your injured players back and not have to rush them back, then the season will be long and prosperous for the Nats. As long as these guys don't have to rush back, they get them fully recovered. And this is where your bench comes in. If you have a good bench, these guys will will get you through, carry you through, along with the good pitching, keep you in there. And then when you get the full the full team back, they just pick right up. A beat doesn't miss, and they keep on rolling. If that's where they're at, just keep going. Now speaking of Rendon, you know who's been getting some play at third base lately has been Danny Espinoza. Mm. He's been getting some play at third base, and I tell you what, ever since he's been just batting right hand. He's actually been hitting the ball a lot better now. They're working on that. So, you know, I've said Kevin Franson, but Espinosa could get the start at third base. I tell you what, that's not a bad left side of the infield if you have I mean, You already have Rendon, but then you put Espinosa there with uh, Desmond. I mean, they both had some, they both have great gloves. And then you have Escobar who, you know, finally got some action this week. His first at bat, he beat out an infield single. So that's a good sign. Uh, you guys, they've been playing first who has been making some amazing plays at first base. I mean, they've said he's looked like a season vet so far this year. So obviously, LaRoche was working with them last year at first. He wasn't just playing left or anything. He was getting worked at first. And what a better teacher than Adam LaRoche. I mean, that guy should have won multiple gold gloves. And, you know, he was a good teacher. And it's, you know, it's showing for Ryan Zimmerman. 
Uh, Span, you know, Taylor, I mean, what can you say about Michael Taylor that hasn't already been said? I mean, he's a great player. His first is bat in the majors last year. He hit a bomb in, a, in the Braves. I mean, that's how you come in the majors. You hit a home run, your first at bat. So um, I'm really, I'm excited for the season. I think these injuries won't be as bad as people think they will be. And I think they'll just be uh, just fine. I mean, April 6th, 3 o'clock against the Mets. Let's get this rolling, Scherzer. I'm calling it Scherzer. 10-plus strikeouts, first game, one earn, ooh, one earned ooh, run. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm going 10-plus, first game, one earned run for Scherzer. Still early. I don't think so. I think this guy's ready to go. He wants to show DC what he's all about, and he's the opening day starter. He's going to go. He's going to show us why he's worth two hundred ten million. I think that's what's going to happen. I like your style. <laughs> now let's hope Harper continues uh, what he did during the postseason. We can have that. He, It'll be great. He needs to step up. This is his chance to show. You know, with those guys out you know, worth and span for, for how good they are with their bats that, that he can support this club still and, and get, you know, get RBIs and also get on base. You know, this is really his chance to, to take a little bit more of a responsibility and be a little bit more of a leader in this club and, um, you know, show that, that, that he can kind of put the team on his back with, with, with possibly people being out, you know, especially Rendon. Um, what do you think about um for Harper? By a vote of his peers, voted the most overrated player in baseball. Puig was in second place. A-Rod was in third, which I think is ridiculous. Just A-Rod's irrelevant right now. Actually, A-Rod's going to start the season as the starting DH for the Yankees, so good for him. But um, w- what do you think about Harper being the most overrated player? I really don't think he really is the most overrated player. I mean, look how you, I think people, I hate to say this, but I think players are jealous of what he has become already. I mean, the kid's still young. He came to the lead very young at 19 years old. I mean, he basically dropped out of high I mean, he didn't drop out of high school, but he got his GED to go to college early so he can get drafted. I think it's more jealousy than more people actually think he's overrated. I don't think he is. I think he's right on track with what he is for his age. I mean, he's already, I mean, he's exceeded what people thought he was going to do. I mean, he's been hurt, but he's done more than what people thought. And I really don't think he's an overrated player. I think he's right on track to what he should be. Brad, what are your thoughts on that, of him being voted most overrated player in baseball? You know, I, I think people look at like the youngest faces in baseball and they look at Harper and they look at Mike Trout. And so I think they're comparing him a lot to Trout. Which is unfair. Like, which is very unfair, but it's like, you're not him, so you're overrated. But that it's really not fair. It's just Harper is one of the young faces of the MLB uh, uh, and so is Trout. And it's, you know, it's not like Harper is, is, is going out claiming he's the best, you know, he's, he just goes out and play baseball. You know, he, he's not trying to, uh, you know, no trying to be anyone besides himself and just play and help this club. Uh, you know, so, so it's not like he's bringing a target upon himself. He doesn't go out there and say, I'm the best, you know, whatever, 19, 20 year old, you know, you, you don't hear those things come out of his mouth. Um, and, and so I, I think it's simply a matter of, you know, his popularity and what he brought to the game right away when we brought him up and he started playing, you know, he was electric uh, and and he became a face, you know, a young face of the MLB and 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 with him is Trout and they're just putting numbers against him with Trout and, and I, it's not fair. And so I think they're I think they're off when it comes to that, because Trout has been MVP caliber. I mean, he's been playing absolutely. He's incredible. also older. And was spent more time in the minors. 
Yes, more time. He is a little bit older, uh, but I, I just think that's kind of where, where where people have him. You know, they have him on a scale with Trout, and because he isn't him, they're claiming he's overrated, which is absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. Coach, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. They they compare him. Anything he does is compared to Trout. Mm-hmm. You know, Trout hits these home runs. Well, Harper doesn't hit that many, but you know, the, the thing like is. Bryce Harper plays baseball the the way Bryce Harper has been taught and knows how to play. And some people have rejected that. But, you know, you're looking at an, eight, at an 18-year-old young man that came into the majors where half the, you know, people his age are still in their senior year of high school. Okay? he He's in Major League Baseball. You know, he, he still has – how does – an 18-year-old mentality where, you know, this is great. Look, look, look where I'm at. I'm gonna make mistakes. He he made mistakes. And the thing is, people are waiting for him to make mistakes. Okay? And and that's where this overrate overrated has come from. Okay? It's it's you know, then people go back, oh, you know, Mickey Mantle this, Mickey Mantle that. And, you know, he came up early and this and that. A lot of people don't know. That it was unfortunate. I'll tell you an old story because I'm an old coach. <laughs> Mickey Mantle was close to giving up baseball. He he came up. They brought him up, and uh, a, a good friend of my father's, Walt, Walter Matheson, that pitched for the the uh, old Washington Center, struck him out five times in one game. Okay, the manager of the Yankees sent him back down. You're going back down to the minors. You can't hit. At that point, Mickey said, well, if I can't this, I'm going to get baseball up. But, you know, getting back, a lot of people have done, done that comparison with Harper. Okay? But you have to say, it's different people, different times, different places. Okay? This is Bryce Harper with a new generation. We can't go back to the 50s and say, oh, he's compared. He's not. That's 1950. We're year 2000 and plus, okay? Attitudes are different. Fundamentals are different. Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper. Let the man play the way he knows how to play and let it be done. Trout plays his way. His disposition is different. He's quieter. Bryce likes to, you know, play giddy up and go. You know, there, there shouldn't be any, you know, he's most overrated or whatever. It was overrated because a lot of people talk about him. Good things. And and that's what gets, well, they're talking about good thing this, good thing that, and then always oh, overrated because they're talking about, well, okay, he's going to make mistakes. We're human. And he's learning. He's learning. So, you know, they just have to back off, let him play his game, talk about him 10 years from now, and see if you'll get different stories. Don't get me started. Hey, well said. I mean, I agree with everything Coach just said. I mean, well said. I mean, Harper, he's still learning. He's still, you know, I mean, that thing he did with spring training where he tried to bait the runner to go second. He threw him out. It's a good play, but you just don't do that in the majors. That's that's a high school play right there. That's that's a high school backyard bullshit, as they like to call it. I mean, did you see the play, Brad, that he did that? Yeah, I know what you guys are talking about. Uh, it was smart, yeah. but you don't do that. It, it, that that's just really aggressive. I mean, that's just really, really aggressive baseball that works for you one time out of a hundred. Uh, you know, and I know Harper likes to take on 
the challenge like that, you know, like stealing home you know, when he did it. He, he likes to uh, stir the pot in a sense, uh, which is, which is, you know, which is great. And which is one reason why we love him because, you know, he, he is very gifted. He's extremely athletic uh, and he can create these miraculous plays, but you, you, you do have to be smarter. Like, you, you, you know, you gotta be able to, uh, to really control yourself in that sense. And, and that's how you can get better. It's not, I need to pull more of these miraculous plays off. It's, I need to be, be smarter and, you know, save, save that for when, you know, when it needs to be the miraculous play, not try and always making everything into a miraculous play. It's funny. You mentioned about stealing home. The first time I saw Harper, me and my dad went to a game against the Phillies and Cole Hamels hit Harper because, you know, he was a new kid in the block and Hamels, Hamels just hates Harper. Let's just put it that way. Cause he thought Harper was cocky and everything. Yeah. They've never got along. So Harper gets a third and Hamels threw over the first look at my dad. I said, look at Harper. He's going. And sure enough, he threw the first and Harper darted home and got home safe. And I bet you Hamels regret th- uh, hitting at him. And, you know, speaking of Harvard, people think he's overrated. Let's go back to this minor league game. I don't know. Did, anyone, did any of you guys watch the documentary ESPN did on Bryce Harper? Mm-hmm. They talked about that incident where he blew a kiss at the pitcher of the opposing team. And everyone gave him crap for it. They called him, you know, like we said, overrated. He shouldn't have been doing that. But if you watch the documentary, the reason he did that was because that opposing pitcher was saying crap to his players, was talking to his bench. So to Harper, that's like, all right, you want to talk crap? This I just hit a home run off you. Take you know, take this kiss as a little thing. So it's not like Harper did it because he wanted to. It's because you know, this guy was talking crap all game, and he hit one off him and said, you know, hey, you know, we're not, we're, I'm not going to play that game. So it's not that he was an asshole that he did that. I mean, he had a reason. And I'm sure when Zimmerman went down to the minors, he um, he talked to Harper and probably said, hey, you probably shouldn't do that because next time you do that, that pitcher's probably going to come and just drill you right in the head. So I think Harper, I think this is like Brad said, this is the year he has to mature. I mean, he I mean, he made the statement, you know, you all might as well just go ahead and give us the ring, you know, which is a you know thing you probably shouldn't say to begin the season with. But he's still young. He's still learning. And I think with this core group of players, I feel like they have the leadership to where he can learn to become a leader. And he's going to have to be. Excuse me. Excuse me. I mean, well, if LaRoche gone, you lose the leadership in the clubhouse like LaRoche. Someone's going to have to step up and... You know, Desmond's in the contract year, so he may be a little, and, eh, you know, I'm just trying to do well to get my money. Same for Jordan Zimmerman. So it's going to have to be someone like Strasburg, like Harper, Rendon. These young players are now going to have to step up because with players maybe like Jordan and Ian and Denard Span leaving, these young players are going to have to fill those roles next year. So let's see what they can do now, and they have to fill into those roles. Uh, we're going to talk, I want to talk some injuries with some pitchers. Um, two top pitchers in the league, I believe, are gone for the year. You Darvis from the Rangers, who is a great pitcher. I mean, he's a strikeout machine with some of those crazy, wacky Japanese pitches that he does. Um, and Zach Wheeler, one of the young guns from the Mets, who was supposed to be one of their you know top young pitchers, is now gone for the year with his Tommy John surgery. And over the years, we've seen a lot and a lot more Tommy John surgery. We saw Jordan Zimmerman had it. Steven Strasburg had it. Um, the guy right now from the Marlins recovering, Jose Fernandez, and it's a lot of the young pitchers that are getting it. And, you know, people are like, oh, my God, they got Tommy John surgery. They're, they're, they're done. But as you notice, a lot of these young pitchers come back even stronger. And as I was talking to my dad earlier this week, he said you're even seeing high school kids now getting it done, college kids, just to get it done because they're seeing that when you get done, for some reason, you're coming back stronger than ever. I mean, Strasburg... 
Yeah, he lost some zip on his fastball, but he didn't lose too much. He's still throwing the 99. He's still producing strikeouts, so it's not like the surgery is career-ending. It's almost, I want to say prolong your career and maybe giving you even a longer career. So um, first, Coach, what are your thoughts on these Tommy John surgeries at this fast rate of baseball players now that are getting them? Well, it's it's c- comes to... Uh, I guess you say a revelation. If you have Tommy John surgery, you're going to be pretty doggone good after that. It, you know, it's it's what they do in the surgery. It strengthens your arm. It makes it stronger than what it was before. Uh, a lot of them, it, at some point, it was weak, but it was never picked up. So, like Darvish, they thought he could uh, throw through this. They said it was a strain. You know, we, let's throw through it. Finally, it come up. No, it's not a strain. Now that we've looked at it closer. You, you need to have the Tommy John, which is is what's going to make stronger. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to put you at a, a, a everyday 20, 25, 30 game winner, but you have a little bit more, you have a longevity with it. It's once it's, it's like what doctors say when you have a, a shoulder surgery or something, they say, go ahead, use it. it's, it's, it's fine. You know, it's a rotator cuff. Uh, some people will have it. And I, I know I've had it a couple of times. I was afraid to throw. And he goes, why are you afraid to throw? He goes, throw. You're not going to break it again. It's not going to come off. We fixed it. It's there. And it's, you know, Tommy John, it's fixed. You're there. I don't see anybody go, I don't, unless I'm wrong, but somebody that has had it has gone back and said, well, I'm going to have it again. It wasn't done right the first time. And you have these doctors, that, the doc, Dr. Andrews, I think he's, you know. He's a great doctor. He, he's a great doctor right there. And there's a, couple, Dr. Cal, there's a couple doctors in California that perform this. So it's it's a, a longevity, you know, if you better your career. I think for Strasburg's case, real quick, I think we all can agree that they used him, overused him probably in college. I mean, he was throwing on two, three days rest during that College World Series. I mean, he got used a lot, and that's what it is. I think a lot of these young pitchers coming out of college, the college teams are using them a lot during like these college World Series and everything, and they get to the majors. It's like, oh God, I just threw. I've been throwing, you know, sometimes two, three days rest. You know, my arm it's already hurting by the time they get to the majors. I mean, Strasburg only lasted guy when he came up, not even not even that much in the majors. What was it, a couple months before he, they had to shut him down and get the surgery? Um, Brad, what are your thoughts real quick on all these young pitchers, you know, with the Tommy Johns becoming more popular now with young pitchers? You know, I think there was a time when this was a debilitating injury and it, it was virtually career ending. Uh, but with the advancement of the Tommy John, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the way they weave the tendons and and make it even stronger. Uh, some people are just getting it done, even if they have, you know, have a perfectly healthy arm, uh, simply because the procedure, you know, can extend your career and also can make you, uh, you know, make you stronger. So, you know, it's, it's great. The advances that, that, that we're getting in the medical industry to, you know, to, to help, to help better our athletics, uh, uh, you know, so, so, so I think it's fantastic that, that it, 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 it isn't such a, you know, such a career ending injury, uh, by, by having the surgery surgery. Now it's, you know, now, now that you can come back, it's just a matter of, you know, you just need a little bit of time uh, and, and we'll get you right back on your horse. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, Darvish, you know, Wheeler, they're both, you know, young Darvish was one of the younger Japanese pitchers come um, the guy from the Yankees Tanaka. He was a more older pitcher. And that's where if you have Tommy John surgery, 
probably over your 30, that's probably when you're starting to get a little bit scared. Maybe, but some of these young guys, you know, Darvish, Wheeler, Strasburg, Zimmerman, I mean, they're coming back stronger. And that dude from Fernandez from Marlins was already a force to be reckoned with. You know, he was almost Strasburg type status with this heat. He's going to come back even stronger. And that's where, you know, the Marlins are going to look better once he finally gets back in the lineup. But now, you know, I can't wait to see how Harvey does. I mean, he's going against us the third game of the year. It's going to be Harvey against, you know, I kind of wish they'd let Strasburg go to game three and Harvey versus Strasburg. That'd be a hell of a matchup for game three. But you'll have probably Zimmerman against Harvey. And I can't wait to see what Harvey does. I know he's pl- what. What's wrong with that matchup? Zimmerman yeah, against still, Harvey? It's still a good still matchup. A good You're matchup. looking at a good matchup either way you go. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I'm interested. I know we're playing against the Mets, but I'm interested to see how Harvey does returning. I mean, he's been gone, you know, for a year, over a year. He's back. I heard he's pitching great in the spring training. But it sucks because you get Harvey back, and then you lose Wheeler. It's like, oh, God, Mets are probably just thinking, come on, cut us some break. Yeah, I can't dodge one. And they were looking to have a good year. Now, you know, with him, him hurt, I really think the Marlins, it's their second place for the taking right now. So, um, yeah. I mean, now, and also other injuries in baseball, you have Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera coming back now playing for Detroit. So now Detroit's finally loading up. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is going to be the first time in seven years Justin Verlander isn't starting opening day for the Tigers. David Price got the call. So, you know, congrats to David Price. Justin Verlander just, you know, I think his time is starting, you know, it's starting to wind down a little bit. I mean, he's getting older up there in age. He doesn't have the same stuff. He hasn't been the same for the past couple of years. I don't know, maybe it's the Kate Upton effect, like what Jessica Simpson did to Tony Romo. Who knows? Maybe she's worrying more about Game of War, whatever the hell that game is. She shows every time I try to play <laughs> Trivia Crack. I'm tired of seeing her face. I just want to play Trivia Crack. <laughs> Brad knows what I'm talking about. I, I, certain, I certainly do. She's uh, she's all over everything. I, I, I don't know I don't know how they have the money to to, to pay her. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's more Verlander is just, uh, you know, possibly on his decline versus, uh, versus Katie, uh, uh, being that much of a distraction. I think actually the Tigers, the Tigers losing surgery will be a big effect to them with Verlander on the decline. I mean, now they, their true ace now is going to be price. They don't have that because if surgery would have stayed with the Tigers, that would have been a hell of a rotation with price and surgery up there. Yeah, they're really gonna have to lean on Price pretty hard, uh, and, and honestly, they need Verlander to 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 at least get back to to close what he used to be because you know what he, what he did last year just is isn't gonna cut it at all for that organization with losing uh, Scherzer. So, uh, you know, lots of eyes are gonna be on Detroit's bull, uh, you know on on their rotation on their pitchers. We'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what they got. They they need a they need a one last hoorah year from Verlander. They need that big. They they do. Otherwise, they won't be competitive at all, in my opinion. Brad, I got a little funny golf thing for you right here. I just got a little little Please video clip not. on Bleacher. No, no, it's not Palmer. Phil Milkison lost his head of his eight iron making a contact with the ball below his feet in a fairway bunker. <laughs> so his eight iron head went flying. We can fix that for him. Just need a little epoxy. Hey, bring him over to Dit Sporting Goods. Well, we can take him to take him to my basement. I can fix it for my basement. <laughs> As a fan, if that thing came near your feet and he just said didn't want anymore, would you just take that and put it on one of your clubs or would you just keep it like on a shelf or something? What would you do? What would you do with something like that? Uh I might shaft it and hit it hit it a couple times, uh, <laughs> but then probably then probably shelf it. 
Like, where'd you get that AR? Why mm-hmm. is there some random Callaway in your back? Eh, it's nothing. It's just Phil Milkinson's <laughs> putting mean, a shaft on it. I would fall on that thing and slip it down my shirt. Like, no, nah, I didn't <laughs> see anything. <laughs> <laughs> Went down the gopher hole. Better call Bill Murray. Yeah, get Bill Murray out here. He can take care of it. In case no one knows the reference, that's the movie Caddyshack. Probably one of the greatest golf movies ever. See Caddyshack. Don't go see Caddyshack 2. You'll want to kill yourself afterwards. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it wasn't a good movie. No. No. I think one day on the show, we're going to have to go over some sports movies. Which one, You know what? We have a little time. Let's end the show on some fun note. Let's go over some sports movies. Why not? <laughs> sure. Something fun. Why not? Do you know some sports movies? I know sports movies. Brad does. I'm sure Paul's yeah. seen some. The Mighty Ducks. That was a great sports movie. Which one, though? One, two, or three? I don't know. <laughs> no, the, the, the ultimate all-time is Bad News Bears. Uh, that's that's <laughs> a funny one. The first one. Sorry. The original. Blue Bomb Thorn was a little bit more vulgar than the original one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let your kids watch the new one. Um, Caddyshack was good. You know what? You know who had, does really great sports movies? Kevin Coster. Yeah, he yeah. does. Bull Durham was great. Field of Dreams was great. Ten uh, Cup. Ten Cup was a great movie. Draft yeah, Day Coster. was actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, well, You know, it didn't get really good ratings, but it's no. pretty funny to see. You know, I, I don't know if that's actually what GMs do on Draft Day where they're just calling people. But it was pretty interesting to see if that is the life of a GM on draft day. That's on now, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's on, I think, like yeah. Matt's or something. Okay. Yeah. What was the movie he played in that he was a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers in his late years uh, or last year? For, for Love of the Game? Love of the Game. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the one where he got the perfect game, right? At the very end? That's it, yeah. yep. Was it? Did he also do Field of Dreams? Was that him? Was that yes. Him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He did Bull Durham. I mean, he did everything. Yeah. What hasn't he done? What sports kind of drama has he done? Days of Thunder was pretty good. <laughs> Days of Thunder is pretty good. Uh, Happy Gilmore. How can anyone forget about Happy Gilmore? You know, there's, there's different, because Caddyshack and Happy Gilmore are, you know, comedies. If you're talking right. about, you know, serious sports Well, I'm movies, just going over, you know, a bunch of movies. I mean. Oh, uh, okay. I, I mean, you, you look at, Look at movies like like Hoosiers, which is you know right. a, a great uh, sports movie, and also the greatest game ever played with uh, Shia LaBeouf about Francis. We met. Uh, I love know, the um, winning the, the Open. Legend of Bagger Vance was pretty damn good. Great, yeah, great movie there with yeah. Will Smith it, and also Matt right. Damon. That, that that's right. a fantastic. The guy movie, who yeah. played Bobby Jones had that had his swing down perfect. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't do that, but he had it down perfect. <laughs> Hagen was funny in that movie too. Yeah, well, Hagen was funny. The, the gentleman that played in, you know, the Bobby Jones movie. You know, the movie of about Bobby Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, that the actor I'm I'm real stupid here. I for, forget his name. He plays in a series now on TV, but he he did a good job in that. Remember the Titans will always be one of the great football movies. Fantastic, yeah. Oh, that's yes. true. Any given Sunday with Jamie Foxx. That was pretty interesting movie, but pretty good. Replacements, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, no. I got you the ball. You gave me the ball. I got you the ball. <laughs> Go sit down now, Danny. Okay. I mean, there's what no about f- he got game with Ray Allen. What that game? And he got game. I never saw that. Was with, with Ray Allen and also Denzel Washington. Very, very good movie. Space Jam. <laughs> I don't care what LeBron James has done. He's never beaten aliens in basketball. So Jordan will always be better. <laughs> Beat me some aliens, LeBron. Then you'll be good. <laughs> Hmm. And we could go on with sports movies. I mean, there's some pretty, I mean, the recent one that came out about that, um, the high school team in California that went undefeated and finally lost. Right. I can't the remember. Football. That's, that's a good one to see. Try to figure out what that actor was yeah. for you. That played in Bobby Jones real quick. Don't you, I just love Wikipedia. You can find anything <laughs> except that. <laughs> or just Google. Oh, uh, what about the football movie with Burt, with Burt Reynolds in it? 
and the, the prison guards versus the inmates. The longest yard. The longest, longest yard. yard. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The remake was pretty good, too. Adam Sandler's done some couple uh, comedy sports movies now that I think about it. Yeah, he's done a few. And now, if they ever remade Caddyshack, I would put an Adam Sandler up for what Chevy Chase did. Oh, I don't even know if they would even touch that. Yeah, I, yeah. I would hope they wouldn't, but if they <laughs> would, it would have to be Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, okay. Man. Now, I heard they're trying to make a John Daly movie. And you know who they want to play John Daly? Is, uh, Kevin James. Kevin James. <laughs> to play John <laughs> Daly. That could be interesting. That's uh, that's fitting, I would say. Yeah, that would be a good good person for that for that part right there. Special appearance by John Gruden to be his caddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonder if he's playing his bare feet. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have to do an episode where we talk about sports movies, talk about our group, our you know our most favorite one, ones we think you should never see in your life. <laughs> There's a couple you shouldn't see. We already mentioned yeah. one. But Bill Murray and Caddyshack was just great. I mean, he can just, just the performance he did there. Yeah, one of the greatest roles, greatest characters in in just about any of Hollywood. That you know, he he knocked that role out of the park for sure. Now, funny story to go with that Caddyshack. Remember where he blew up the gopher hole right at the very end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Laytonsville. If you ever been on the dry range of Laytonsville, there's nothing but gopher holes on the dry range of Laytonsville. Oh, we, out in, and, like in the driving range. Yeah, and we had those that driving golf cart where if you get stuck in a gopher hole, you're pretty much screwed. So our boss one day tells us, hey, get rid of these damn gopher holes. These gophers got to go. So we're like, all right, so what can we do? And we're like, anyone seen? And I'm like, y'all seen Caddyshack? They're like, yeah. I was like, well, we don't have a water hose. And someone's like, I have firecrackers in my trunk. <laughs> so not only, not only did we take firecrackers, but we also mixed it with some gasoline. Threw it, mm. and threw it in the hole. <laughs> I hope no cops are listening to this. Or the owner of Laytonsville. He's not there anymore. Anyway. So we dropped the match in, and I swear to God, there's a good fireball that went up 20 feet in the air. Here comes the assistant pro going, what are you guys doing? We're like, he told us to get rid of the gophers. He's like, but not like that where the <laughs> freaking ladies league can see a fireball going off in the air thinking the fire course is on fire. That's <laughs> funny. It was a good, uh, that, see, that's where I wish I had a cell phone that I could record. That'd be on YouTube quick. That sounds safe. I would say it was very safe. Of course, I was 10 feet back. I wasn't the one blowing anything up. Hell oh, no. that. I was going where I was going near that. I was just watching it. I'll tell you what, you can have some good stories on a golf course. All you people may think golf is boring, but play with me and Brad around or my dad, and you'll have some fun playing golf. Never a never a lack of fun between uh between my buddies, that's for sure. Oh, no. I wish I get that liquor golf going. <laughs> Paul, if you want to get drunk playing golf real quick, you gotta play liquor golf. I don't know. They uh, last time, not last time, but uh, we did an outing or something like that. We played a tournament for B- the BWB or whatever. And a buddy of, well, actually, a, a brother of my buddy brought a, a beer stick. Have you ever seen these things? It's basically just like a huge syringe, and you just fill it up with like two or three beers, and you just kind of like <laughs> force it down your throat, and it's it's. Crazy! I've never even seen anything like that. Worst <laughs> shot on every hole has to do one. <laughs> what we do for liquor? You play golf, right, Paul? Yeah. What we do for liquor golf is if someone makes a birdie, what was it, Brad? They they make everyone else take a shot, right? Yeah, they can divvy out a shot. And then if you get a bogey, you take one shot. Double bogey, two shots. Triple bogey, three shots. So if you're having a really bad round, you're gonna have a bad round. Oh man, <laughs> Paul! Paul's like, sign me up for the first hole, and I'm done. <laughs> First hole, I'm done. Give me, yeah, exactly. Jeez. I mean, you can play. I mean, I remember Brad. I mean, we played Shanks and did Sporting Goods. 
<laughs> we would take um, golf balls and ditch sporting goods. Or not, what was it, the wiffle balls? Oh, they were foam. Just like foam, foam, balls. foam balls. And we would go throughout. We had a little, uh, Paul, you ever been in ditch sporting goods? Yeah. You've seen the putting green on top in the golf department, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> they have like a mixture of putting green. So we take these Nerf foam balls and go around the department and just try to put them in the holes on the green and we just shoot them over. We have people watching us and everything. <laughs> of course, our bosses weren't around, but... Sounds like fun. It was entertaining. So we have Warren Boss who put the ball all the way down the freaking walkway to see if he could hit a canoe. <laughs> you remember Ben, right? Yeah, Ben's... Ben, I remember Ben, yes. <laughs> oh, man. That's All right, well, that's a good way to end the show, I think. Yeah, what do you sure. think? All right, guys. Well, once again, thank you for Brad for coming on. Paul for producing. My dad, the coach, for coming in. Uh, next week, we're going to go over the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, preview the Final Four, preview the National Championship. We're going to have a Masters preview show coming on in the next two weeks. So I know me, Brad, my dad are excited about that. Um, baseball season, 11 days away. And also, everyone out there who's competing in the Shipe Sports Talk Fantasy Baseball, don't forget the draft is Sunday at 8 p.m., uh, we had it, we were supposed to have it last week. A couple people couldn't make it, so we moved it to this Sunday, 8 p.m. Be there. Can't win in college basketball. Maybe I can win in friggin' baseball. Who knows? I'm going to pick all nationals. I'm going all in. Baseball? Yeah, baseball fantasy. Oh, okay. you, know, you pick players from every team. If I get the first pick, I'm going with Trout, just so you all know. Brad, I'm going with Trout. Too bad. I already took him. You can't take him. We're I'll trade you. Here, I'll right? trade you a first-rounder for your three, for your next three first-rounders. I'm taking Harper number one. We're I think he's a little overrated right? for number one. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're off. No? Uh-uh. No. All right, so everyone, <laughs> we're not off yet. He just stopped the music. Yeah. So if everyone tune in next week, uh, Thursday, we're in, we're going to start switching the show to 7 p.m. 6.45 It's just a weird time to start a show. So we're going to start going 7 p.m. every Thursday. Tune in next week. And for everyone here, have a great weekend and watch some college basketball. No more Kate Upton on Trivia Crack. Are we doing it? Are we doing it?